and greetings everybody welcome to yet another edition of the crafted quill podcast i have a brand new twist shall i say or episode that i wanted to bring to you tonight uh it's a little bit different than the last couple probably th- or four. Uh, as I stated in my first episode of the new season, I wanted to mix things up a little bit um, and kind of give you a different mm, format, dare I say. But you'll notice that once again I'm by myself. Uh, Sadie is not with me. She is uh, currently out in the boot, but Nonetheless, I still do this because I love it, and Sadie has her own show. I will let you wander over to the other side of the yard and take a listen. But tonight, I believe, is, if my calculations are correct, episode 15. And I have titled this one, Stories from the Campfire. Now, to play off that title uh, and this gets back to what I said uh, a few seconds ago about uh, the topic um, this is going to be probably a very unusual topic and one that some might uh, if you listen all the way to the end uh, maybe a little bit preachy but if you think about what I hey uh, what I'm going to say I hope that most of you will agree and you don't have to agree that's okay but What I would like to talk to you about, in part, is on the subject of Bigfoot. Now don't turn your volume down or up, you heard me right. We're going to talk about a a dude or dudette named Bigfoot, or more commonly known as the Sasquatch. Now there are many names to this mythical beast here in North America, but for simple purposes we're just going to call it Bigfoot or Sasquatch. So what is a Bigfoot? Well if any of you have ever seen pictures or videos it looks very human-like. It is classified as a primate that is known to walk on two legs. Now I don't know if any of you have had a serious encounter with Bigfoot Uh, I know I I have not. I wish I did. I don't live in part of the country that has regular occurrences. If you look on, I think if you look up on the internet, uh, the GIS graph that would show data from, mm, I'm going to say early 1900s, but it has over 3,000 recorded sightings of Bigfoot clear up until uh, recent times, and it's a map that presents itself in a manner that it shows each dot is a recorded sighting. So you have to ask yourself, uh, that's a lot. But more so, how many of those are accurate? Well, I don't think any of us truly really know. Uh, I think there has to be a certain amount of evidence that has to be brought forth and provable, just like Anything else in this 
this world, you know, you have to have, you know, a sighting, and then you have to have an account, and then proof, or however you want to say that. But what do we know about Bigfoot or the Sasquatch? I think if you Google it, you're going to come up with a plethora of definitions, listings, descriptions, movies. Um, one of my favorite movies growing up is Harry and the Hendersons. Uh, I've watched it many times, and especially with my kids. And it's it's still classic as far as I'm concerned. Um, but... Like that movie, Harry and the Hendersons, uh, that is in the Pacific Northwest, I think the Seattle area. There is one story that I recently, I would say within the past year, uh, have come across uh, mainly from a television show on the Travel Channel. Uh, I will let you research what that show might actually be. But it drew me in this particular episode. Uh, there was a particular part of the episode. Um, there was a Canadian Native Indian uh, person that was interviewed by the host of this show. And uh, it was mentioned that uh, the Bigfoot people, I'm going to use that term loosely, um, would get together with the... First Nations peoples of uh, the Pacific Northwest, even on up, up into Canada, that area, the Vancouver, British Columbia area. And they would have what's called a potlatch, or what we would loosely translate into a potluck. But I won't go into details of that um, ceremony of sorts, but uh, it was a great gathering amongst nation peoples. And amongst the activities and the ceremonial um, things that occurred, uh, there was a particular, I don't want to call it game, I, I don't, to be honest, I don't remember what term was used, but there were, um, gosh dang, like, uh, I guess you could equate it to like Olympic games, but of like feats of strength and all that stuff, but this one particular game, I'll just call it that, um, a Bigfoot was squared off against one of the First Nations people, and in a competition or a feat of strength, per se, uh, the human was killed. Now you can imagine, uh, put your imagination station on, um, the shock that must have gone through not only the human members of the First Nations peoples, but of the Sasquatch peoples. Um, I would say even in those terms, or times, excuse me, not terms, um, the Sasquatch were still a more primitive people. But between the races, and I'm probably skipping ahead here based on my notes, they had what was used in the, the television show episode, it was referred to as a common language. Now, I didn't get a chance to research exactly what that common language was. It could have been um, sign language. It could have been, 
you know, a more primitive dialect of various sounds and what, what have you. But the Sasquatch was in such a state of shock that, according to the interviewee, the entire Sasquatch people removed themselves from the potlatch. They had... The, the death of the human had saddened them, had caused such distraught within their own race that they had killed a human, that they removed themselves and retreated way into the safety and the privacy of the woods. Now you can imagine what we would consider woods is not probably, you know, maybe hundreds maybe millennia ago maybe not even that far but maybe it was a primitive time it was very very different than what we would think of now there was no um, technology there was no wi-fi no cell phones no big cities there was nation peoples so the sasquatch retreated far beyond what humans could, you know, f find them to. And year after year, attempts were made from the First Nations people to reach out to their brethren and sisters of the Bigfoot tribes. And as time went on, the language that they once shared became lesser and lesser known amongst mankind and probably the Bigfoot peoples. So think about that for a minute when you think about why we cannot communicate with Big Feet, Bigfoot if you really believe that there are such creatures but whether they are you know, ape-like creatures, but I'm not talking like, you know, gorilla, but a more American, not American, that's the right, not the right term, but North American term, you know, primate. Um, if you can imagine that, seeing a, being a part of that, just pretend for a moment that you're in that potlatch ceremony you know, hundreds, maybe even thousands of nation peoples gathered around for one common purpose, one reason, joined together with a being so majestic as to what we would consider, you know, the mighty Sasquatch, whom I would imagine was also so very gentle, which is probably what caught them to the very core of their being when an innocent death was caused on accident. And if you can imagine being that creature that was in that match when that death occurred, your reaction. Now you got to remember, more than likely, the Sasquatch were primitive in such a way that, you know, if they were uh, carnivorous, eaters or you know omnivore i would say better yet 
they understood death in a sense that they needed to kill for food. You know, small creatures, deer even, whatever, moose, what have you. But they understood the humans in such a way that they had befriended them. So when you when you think about, you know, you're looking back in your mind, you're recreating the scenario that happened. The shock that must have gone out amongst everybody. And the fear that ran through both sides. So, I'll catch up on my notes here. You have to ask yourself, is Bigfoot a real creature? I say to you, why not? Why couldn't he be? Why couldn't she be? Aren't there enough stories to suggest that there are something out there that we have lost connection with? I am uh, an author in my spare time, my other life, my weekend warrior days. But I was talking to my wife about a manuscript idea I had about uh, using the Sasquatch in a particular role in this book where they are Mother Earth's guardians. I'm going to use that term very loosely, Mother Earth's guardians. What, what does that mean? Well, when you think in terms of um, all the accounts that have been um, spread throughout history of the Bigfoot people, um, they were very majestic, very magical creatures. And then when humans came along, there are very few humans that have assumed the role, the mantle of guardian of the earth. So now that mankind has stepped into the picture, Sasquatch has been forced to remain in the shadows. And until the day comes when mankind has gotten to the point where they are accepting of the Sasquatch and proof that there are there is such a race of beings, uh, they will truly remain in the shadows. So I want to flip that. I actually just did myself a favor by wandering. I want to flip that conversation I was just having with my microphone here. When we think in terms of the magical creature, we need to think in part about ourselves also, humans. Look through human history, through the evolution of mankind, what is one of the things we are known for? I'll let you think about that for a minute. But my point is, and this is where I said... I was probably going to be a little bit preachy on, and I'm not quite at the end. This is probably going to be very short as compared to my usual 45-hour-long podcast, but it is getting to the end of the year, and sometimes we humans tend to get reflective on the past year. I know I do quite often. Um, the past couple of years have been hard for me. 
through health issues that are a little bit more controlled now. And I won't go into detail. And in retrospect, uh, it was a big deal-ish. But now it's maintained by medicine, thank God. But let's get back to the Sasquatch and humans. Humans are not known for being complete peace-loving creatures. We have, in a sense, ravaged this planet and robbed it of its riches, its creatures of beauty. And we continue to stumble in the dark while creatures that once scoured the planet are now dwindled down to a few. And I would probably throw the Sasquatch in on that. And if you think back to the story I just related to you from the First Nations peoples of the Pacific Northwest, it's no wonder they're in hiding. That's it's easy to place blame or point fingers at any one country, any multiple countries around the world. Well, here's a wake-up call, my friends. We are all to blame for everything outside our windows, our doors, our cars. Whether you deny it or not, climate change is a thing. Water toxicity through pollution is a thing. And one day, all of that will catch up to us. And like many of the sci-fi movies that are out there, we will be without a home. And much like the Sasquatch, who at one point freely roamed the planet, they too are without a home, simply because mankind has chosen to be destructive, to be uncaring, and like I said, there are a few of those who have chosen to turn against such destruction and seek out the Sasquatch to try and make peace, to try and understand who they are. Not so much what they are, but who they are. And I don't, I don't mean to say any of this to be offensive. I simply want to remind those of you as the end of... 2021 draws near. Look back upon the past year and ask yourself, did I do the best I could? Was I the best version of me that I could have been? Did I do the things that Mother Earth would have been proud of me, the things that would have helped preserve her? I would venture a guess and say there are very few of us on this planet that have actually done the things that we were supposed to do. I feel that as the current sentient be beings on the planet, we could be doing so much more. But in a grander scope of things, let's shift our gaze not on this planet, not on Mother Earth, but to a more celestial plane of living. And yes, I'm going there. I'm talking about aliens. Now, I don't want you to think, oh boy, here he goes. He went from Bigfoot to aliens. I have a purpose for this. So please don't turn off the radio, the, the interwebs that you're listening to me on. 
This is simply a wake-up call to all of those who have turned inward instead of outward and refuse to see the bigger picture. We have a pretty magnificent planet, but yet we continue to rob it of its riches, of its vast stores of wealth and knowledge. And by wealth, I don't mean gold or silver. I mean of the Earth's resources, of its wildlife, of all the things that once made this planet beautiful. So, when we look up into the sky, what do we see? We see stars, we see many heavenly bodies, and I'm not talking about the next Swimsuit Illustrated calendar. I'm talking about constellations that create a kaleidoscope of wonder in the night sky. But like the Sasquatch that hold probably a world record of some sort for the most sightings in the world, aliens and UFOs, I guess in part, also are up there in, in the rankings of sightings. And I won't go into detail, I'm not, this show isn't that kind of show about conspiracy theories and whatnot. But like the Sasquatch sightings, there's equally or more historical sightings clear up to current days. Um, and as a whole, life outside of this earth has remained quiet. The inhabitants of this planet, we are not ready for the Sasquatch or the aliens, or whichever race of beings you believe has visited. We are not ready, but they are waiting. They're watching. And one day when mankind has evolved to see beyond ourselves, our own greed, our own self-destruction, only then will we be blessed with the visitation, the reunification of the terrestrial guardians the Bigfoot, the Sasquatch, whom to me represent more of a First Nations people. But not only will we be reunified with those peoples, but with the celestial beings. Now, if you pay attention at all and you run in those circles, uh, like I said, I won't get into theories and whatnot, but... Um, there are many, many, many accounts of different beings from up above. There are even stories of humans being created by aliens. Now keep in mind, I am staying in neutral territory. I am simply relating f um, reported stories that may or may not be fact, and until they are proven as such, they will remain stories. But I do enjoy... The TV shows that are out there that talk about, uh, especially one of my favorite shows on the History Channel, uh, Ancient Aliens. They kick around some pretty good ideas and what some would call proofs. Uh, but I'll, I'll let that be up to you to decide for what you find is real or not. But 
we are not ready for the Bigfoot tribes of this world. We are not ready for alien contact in worldwide terms. And you have to ask, well, why not? Why do you think not? Because they look down upon us and they simply shake their heads and say they are not ready for this yet. So, my friends, what do we need to do to get ready? Well, here's one idea. Stop seeing this planet as just yours. It's not the humans. It's not the Sasquatch. It's not the birds and the trees. It is all of ours. We all inhabit this. So, while wars are being fought in the Middle East over who is the rightful heir to Jerusalem or Israel or any other place on this world, there is a solution to all of that. You all just need to listen and find a way to equally distribute the lands. Because when you think about it, we haven't been here all that long in terms of earthly civilization. So who are we to say, this is mine? Is it because we are top of the totem pole in terms of sentient beating, beings? Excuse me. No, I, I think we are a greedy people. And I think we're better than that. So whether it be beings below or on or above us, Humans were being watched, and we need to be better caretakers of this planet in order to be found worthy of any other planet. We can't just assume that just because we can build rockets and travel to the stars, how I wish, actually wish that were true. Um, sorry, I had a sci-fi step there for a minute. Um, mankind needs to come to terms with what they've caused down here before they really think about going up there, you know, they need to, what can I do differently on this planet that I did on the other planet? How can I be less destructive here than I was there? How can I be better caretakers of this planet versus other planets? So in closing tonight, I'm creeping up on the 30-minute mark, and like I said, I usually go way past this. I need all of you to keep in mind uh, the things I've mentioned. Uh, I am no better than you. Please don't go that route. Nor am I trying to preach from a soapbox. I'm simply a fan of all living kind, and we all deserve a place on this planet and amongst the stars, but it's going to take a lot of work, a lot of love, a lot of forgiveness to get anywhere on this planet and in the stars. We need to join together and become a better people of this planet. So go out there and make peace with the world and with all those whom you've turned... You're back against, whether it be 
animal kind or human kind, go out there and do good things. This has been a short episode. This time I may or may not do another one before the new year. So if I do not talk to you in the remainder of this year, have a safe and happy holiday. Give your loved ones a hug. Tell them you love them. And do good. Signing off from the campfire, this is Stephen St. Clair of the Craft of Quill Podcast. Good day, good night, wherever you are from. Peace out. This has been another episode of the Craft of Quill podcast brought to you by Traveling Realms Media.